Hi to everyone at 10 Golden Rules. This is Sherry from Annie'sCostumes.com. I'm calling to let everybody know that it's not too late to buy costumes on our site. We can ship until October 30th, and with Halloween being on a Wednesday, there are also parties the weekend after, so check the site for shipping details. And don't forget about our second life store. We just, uh, just searched costumes inside World, and you can get costumes for your avatars. We have a wizard, a witch, a popular vampire, and a lot of other costumes. Have a great day, and a happy Halloween. Take care. Welcome to episode 12 of the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing podcast. I'm really pumped for PodCamp Boston. I'll tell you all about it. We've got some great call-ins. And if you want to know how to make money with a customer newsletter, I have a conversation with two of the best in the world, Ray and Sujay from Flatiron Media. Let's get rolling. Welcome to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing Podcast, featuring the latest strategies and techniques to drive traffic to your website and convert that traffic into sales. Now here's the CEO of 10goldenrules.com, Jay Berkowitz. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for joining us for episode 12, and thank you to Sherry from Annie's Costumes at the top of the show. If you need great costume ideas and you're listening to this show right away when it comes out, go to annie'scostumes.com. Sherry was our first client at 10 Golden Rules. We absolutely love her. And also, check out the Second Life store. If you search costumes in World, it's easy to find. And check out the Second Life store. Um, we've already had over 700 visitors to the store, and we're selling lots of the vampire costumes and the kissing booth and, and several of the other costumes. So come on by and say hi. And a big thank you to, to Lenore and the team at Left Bank Studios. They built the costume store in Second Life, and they designed all the costumes. They did it on time and on budget. They've thrown a bunch of extra stuff in. So a huge thank you to Lenore and Dia over at um, Left Bank Studios. We highly, highly recommend them. If you've been with us before on the 10 Golden Rules podcast, thanks so much for coming back. For new customers, new visitors, if you want to receive a free download each week of the show, please go to iTunes, click on the iTunes store, and search 10 Golden Rules, and you can subscribe to the podcast. You get a free download every week. And you don't even need an iTunes to use uh, an iPod to use iTunes. You can do it on any computer. Every week, we're going to bring you the hottest stuff we discover for internet marketing and the best tools to maximize your personal time and your fun online. And we can't do it without you. Please join the conversation like Sherry did by calling our engagement line. The number is 206-888-6606. Go ahead and promote your podcast or your website. Ask us a question and K7, our phone line service, will digitize your call and will include your comments on a future show. Here's another call in and we'll show you how it works. Hi, Jay. Uh, this is Deb Forston with Zenith Associates, and I just wanted to let you know I just finished the uh, listening to the podcast for the second time, and uh, you've got some great stuff on there, and I'm really jazzed about all um, all of the new ideas and, and things that you've got going. We've just started our um, Women in Communications um, blog, and we're, we're moving right along with it and uh, trying to utilize some of the other new techniques. I was taking copious notes of uh, all the good information that... Um, 
um, you had with your uh, interview with Laura Serratus uh, uh, with Business Wire, and uh, can't wait to get into trying some of the other stuff. Um, on a little bit of a personal note, I just wanted to let you know that I'm still getting comments on on a regular basis when I talk to different people about what a great session you did at our annual conference in Orlando, and I really appreciate all your help and look forward to uh, to the next broadcasts. Um, um, and uh, this is a great new medium, and I feel like a new door has been opened. So I um, really appreciate all your efforts and uh, all the things you guys are doing. Thanks a lot. Bye now. Well, Deb, thank you so much. I'm blushing. Um, in our last episode, episode number 11, we had a great discussion with Laura Steritis. She's the amazing expert on web PR. She's a senior vice president at Business Wire. If you listen to that show, we went through 10 tips on how to optimize a press release to get picked up in Google and the other search engines. Now, Deb Forston was the chairman of an incredible conference I was a part of two weeks ago in Orlando. And Deb, congratulations to you. You did an amazing job. I was honored to be a part of it. What a great roster of speakers and a great, tremendous crowd in attendance. I have one other bit of audio from Women in Communications. I'll, I'll tell you the story quickly. I sat down at the back of the room during the chapter awards lunch, and little did I know I was sitting beside the big winner for the weekend. So let's get into that audio now. We just finished the luncheon at the Association for Women in Communications, and they handed out the chapter awards. And I picked a, s a seat right at the back of the room, and I was lucky enough to be sitting beside Patricia Douglas and Melissa Pierce, who represent the Lubbock cha chapter. And they took home all the hardware. They won four of nine awards, including the um, chapter of the year and best website of the year. So congratulations, Melissa and Patricia. First of all, just tell me a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do in your other life and then we'll talk about the chapter for a minute okay well, thank you i'm melissa pierce and i work for the texas ag irrigation association and for them i do their website and newsletter and keep track of their organization for them and i'm patty douglas i have been a member of women in communication since 1985 and after a two-year uh, career in advertising i gave it up for my Mary Kay business, but I still do some freelance marketing consultation and copywriting. Awesome. So um, how did you guys uh, win the chapter of the year? That's, that's fantastic. A lot of hard work. We have a small group, but we have a very dedicated group of women. Everybody pitches in. Um, we have The women that have been involved, some of them have been involved for 30 years, and so we, we draw from, from who we have. And I think we have just a good, good mix of senior members and new members. And um, we do a great membership mixer every year. And we just keep people enthusiastic. And, um, and it's great how the old members do stay around and still work, don't rest on their laurels. One of the other things you were recognized for was your mentorship program. How did you start that and how did that work for the chapter? We've had tremendous growth in the past few years, and we recognize that some of the newer members had um, a, a difficult time getting involved, and so we paired them up with a member who had been a member for a while, and that member would call them and let them know about meetings, would sit by them and introduce them to people, um, and just help them get involved in the group so we can have we can always have a new uh, some new blood in the in the organization. Does the mentorship go beyond the, the the chapter and the association? 
are the older members helping the newer members in their careers as well or I don't know. Well, I, I would think so because we try to get people that uh, may know them already so they know them outside yeah. of our organization. It's, uh, mentorship is so powerful. Um, and, uh, of course, the 10 Golden Rules Internet Marketing Podcast, we want to talk about your internet marketing. Um, you won the best website of the year. What are some of the things that stood out for your website and your overall interactive communications? Our website is very easy to use. It's very basic. It gives you the information you need. There's not a bunch of extra things on there. We put when our meetings are. Um, since we are a group of women, we are protective and alert to the issues um, that are on the Internet of having your information out there. And so we have the women's business contact information and not their personal contact information. And, and you do have a directory of all the members? Yes. Yes, and, and um, I've, I am more of a user than a planner or an implementer of the website, and I find it useful just when I need some quick information. It's usually there about the next meeting, about the um, who's on the board and what their position is if I need to submit something for the newsletter, for instance. And we have so much history and, and a great, great awards fundraiser that that information is on there if you need to see what that's all about. One of the Internet buzzwords is content is king. You mentioned earlier that you... you add the newsletter to the website you were recognized for adding all the photos from different events to the website how do you how do you get that stuff updated regularly and how does that work for the chapter we talking about having a, a good group of women one of our members has her own company and we are indebted to her but she is the one who updates our website for us every year well, why don't we give her a shout out what do you know her website address it's uh it's wordpub.com, and the name of her company is Word Publications. And her, she has um, been on the National Board of Women in Communications for a long time, Marianne Edwards. And because she's a professional designer, we can have things that look good. What a great thing to have in an association. Um, well, uh, the, the last question I like to ask people is, are there any um, technologies that you're using yourself, uh, Internet tools, that it's making your life easier? Any, any new things you've discovered online or any um, websites you use on a regular basis? In my, uh, my day job, I, I do my uh, association work at nighttime when my daughter is asleep, but I look at lots of my friends' blogs. It's becoming very popular now. It's a good way for all of us to keep up with each other, um, with each other's kids, and not have to email each other directly. That's interesting. And uh, as a Mary Kay consultant, I really appreciate um, the Mary Kay corporate program that um, for $50 a year, I'm an independent consultant, for $50 a year, I have my own website that just looks gorgeous, and it's interactive. People can order online with or without payment. And Please don't be shy. Give us the website address. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> MaryKay.com slash Patty with an I dot Douglas with two S's. Patty with an I and Douglas with two S's. Dot Douglas. Great. Well, thank you so much for spending a minute. I guess we, we need to get back to the sessions, but I really appreciate the time. And congratulations on four awards this year for thank Lubbock. You. Thank, thank you very much. appreciate it. Well, thanks to uh, the Lubbock chapter for taking part in the 10 Golden Rules Internet Marketing Podcast. I also took part in a great event this past week in Birmingham, Alabama. It was um, promoted for the American Marketing Association. And a big thank you to Allison from Executive Traveler Magazine, Portia from the Alabama Symphony, the chapter president, Stephen Kraft, who's a professor, 
at the university there now in, in Alabama, and um, Brett from WMU.org for putting it together and taking some some extra time to spend with me prior to the event. Um, we've got some great audio from that event, and we'll go for that uh, soundbite next week. I'm I mentioned off the top of the show, I'm really, really looking forward to the weekend of October 26th. I will be in Boston at PodCamp, and I'm presenting at 11.30 on the first day of the show, Saturday. My presentation is called 10 Golden Rules for Launching and Promoting a New Podcast. I'm going to try and record the whole session, including a very interactive Q&A. So with a number of other experts in attendance, I'm going to do... um, 10 golden rules and after each rule I'm going to stop and ask people to contribute other things and other lessons that they've learned from podcasting. It's such a new space that I think all of us can contribute and create a really really great session and I'll put the slides up on the uh, on the website and I'll make the audio available as a special edition of the 10 golden rules podcast. And if that doesn't work out there's another chance to get the same information on November 1st, the Florida American Marketing Association is doing a webinar, a live um, web seminar with audio and video. You can follow through the slides, and we're going to cover the same content of how to promote a podcast. A little bit more about PodCamp. It's an unconference, and all of the sessions and sponsorships have been, have been built online from a wiki. It has a really, really great community feel. And uh, I kind of have a sense for what the planners of Woodstock were going through because it's really done on a low budget. It's done with a real community aspect. Um, For example, one pod camper was looking for a place to stay this weekend, and he had five options within an hour uh, just from a few of us sending around an email trail. People offered to donate his hotel cost, and other people offered him floor space and carpooling in from the Boston suburbs. It's really, really incredible. So stay tuned for lots of live audio from PodCamp Boston. Next up on my travels on November 5th to 9th, I'll be at AdTech New York, and we plan a couple special meetups for that trip. And if you want to become an expert in internet marketing in just one day, join us at the Fort Lauderdale, Florida American Marketing Association Internet Marketing Boot Camp. It's November 14th, and um, I'm going to present the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing. Our search manager, Catherine, is going to share the latest strategies on how to get your site picked up on the free side of Google. Margie's our VP, and she's going to discuss pay-per-click and conversion strategies, basically the right-hand side of Google and how you develop great landing pages and track conversion and ROI, return on investment metrics. I'm going to wrap up with a live web lab and our web 2.0 presentation where we'll talk about the leading trends in internet marketing. So it's a it's a really great day. It's a certificate course and if someone in your organization wants to get you know immediately up to speed and immediately get a, a really high level of expertise in natural search, pay-per-click search, this is a great way to do it. Um, information available at 10goldenrules.com and at amasouthflorida.org. And finally, on December 10th is SIPA, the Specialized Information Publishers Association. It's the 24th annual conference at the Lowe's Hotel in Miami. We'll have links to all of this in our show notes and, of course, on our homepage at 10goldenrules.com. Now, here's another audio soundbite from a new loyal listener to the 10 Golden Rules podcast. Let's go with Alex now. Hey, Dave. Uh, this is Alex, alexdesigns.com. 
I was just thinking about social media and wanted to give you a call in. It would be interesting over the next three months as the different social media websites will actually open up their API and begin uh, to allow companies to build programs on top of their websites basically to leverage their traffic and improve your brand, just like Facebook has done. But now, you know, MySpace and other sites are now getting into the game to open up their APIs and uh, allow you know, companies to build programs on top of their sites. Even LinkedIn has expressed interest that they will allow companies to, to build these programs uh, through approved partners, though. They want to make money off it as well. Also, Google has expressed interest in traffic and so forth. Will you be allowed to build applications on top of Google's shared documents? But the, basically, the, the biggest question is MySpace versus Facebook. Who will actually be the winner? I don't know, but it should be interesting uh, in, in 2008. Thanks a lot, Jay. Visit me at alexdesigns.com. See ya. Thanks, Alex. That's a great call. I agree with you. The open architecture wars will be fought aggressively on the social media sites in the coming months and years. Um, and if you haven't read a great book called Wikonomics, Don Tapscott is a, a tremendous interactive marketing expert. He's had several books, and he does an amazing job at breaking down the evolution of wiki-style websites. As websites have opened up their architecture and allowed other people to add programs that work on top of the existing website and the existing um, website architecture, um, basically Facebook has been the early winner in the social media websites in opening up their website architecture and allowing people to build on top of it. And Alex is talking about the news that Google and other sites are opening up their architecture as well. Who do you think will win the social media website of the future? Please join our conversation. Let us know what you think. Weigh in on Alex's question. Give us a call at 206-888-6606 or send us an email to podcast at 10goldenrules.com. That's podcast at the number 1010goldenrules.com. I started my podcasting experience by calling into other shows. And give it a try. Once you call into a show, it really elevates your podcasting enjoyment. And, I, and trust me, you'll really, really enjoy it. Once again, that number is 206-888-6606. Okay, next up is our Live from the Blog segment. And here's what the team at 10 Golden Rules has had to say on our blog. You can find our blog at 10goldenrules.com. First up is Margie. Hi, this is Margie. Are you a slave to your email? Interestingly, the folks over at Intel are pioneering Email Free Friday, which, as it sounds, suggests we spend a workday not communicating via email. Instead, they recommend talking on the phone, in person, or communicating via other methods. I think the real problem is not that we communicate via email, but how we communicate via email. Here are some great ways to deal with your email. Don't check your inbox so often. Tweak Outlook to check for new messages once every 10 minutes instead of every two or three to help eliminate distractions from other tasks. Delete or file messages you're done with. Most experts say that you should aim for a maximum of 10 to 20 messages in your inbox at any one time. Use a calendar to help you. There's no need to leave a message in your inbox for months to remind you to do something in January. Use appropriate subject lines. 
seeing project due on Friday 1019 will be much more helpful than a subject line that reads hey and don't forget the phone, I am, or even a walk down the hall. Consider getting up out of your seat. The walk will do you good, and they may have candy in their office. This is Jeff. Monday, October 15th was Blog Action Day, a day in which every blog was encouraged to put the environment on everyone's mind by simply blogging about it. The idea was to build awareness by writing on one general topic for one day in an attempt to see what might be achieved through coordinated posting. It was a great idea to build awareness to the environment. The day was organized by three bloggers, Kalis, Taid, Leo Babuta, and Sayin Taid. These three bloggers thought about how Blog Action Day, only a couple months ago, and then used the powers of blogs and viral marketing. They signed up a few influential bloggers to write about Blog Action Day, and then more and more bloggers began blogging about it, and the event took off. Bloggers were asked to register their blogs and the number of RSS subscribers to determine the reach of the event on the site. There are over 20,000 blogs that participated, and according to blog, excuse me, according to Google Blog Search, there are over 23,000 blog posts just in a 24-hour time period, with a reach of over 14 million RSS re readers. That type of participation is impressive, and bloggers are encouraged to visit blogactionday.org to sign up for next year's event. Hi, this is Catherine. Today we're going to talk about questions to ask yourself before starting an SEO campaign. Time and time again, I've read suggestions from SEO gurus on what to ask your prospective search engine marketing agency. However, it's rare that the experts talk about what questions clients should be answering when starting an SEO campaign. So today, I'm going to tell you how to make your agency's life a little easier. Here's what you should be asking yourself. Number one. What are your top keyword phrases that best describe what you do or sell? What would people type into Google to find your product or service? Make sure there are at least two or three word phrases. Number two, who are your top competitors? Define the sites in your industry you'd like to model yourself after. Number three, which areas do you specialize in? What makes your business product or service unique? You have to find that special sauce that makes you stand above your competitors, and it will help your agency focus on your strengths, not your weaknesses. Number four, are there any areas, products, or services that you do not want your SEO specialist to focus on? SEOs know how to get you top ranked in the search engines, but they probably don't know your company inside and out. You need to clearly define what you do and do not do. Hi everybody, this is Michael, and I'd like to talk to you today about how Google has added a comment feature to the news stories on their site. They are giving people related to the story a chance to, to, to directly respond to the stories about them. The comments are linked alongside the normal media coverage of the story. These comments will provide you with additional insight. They come from the individuals with information related to the story, who otherwise may not have an outlet to present it. If you've been mentioned in a story and would like to submit a comment to Google News, just send an email to news-comments at google.com. In your email, you should include your comment, a link to the story you are commenting on, your contact details with your name, your title, and your organization, and a way to verify your email address so if they have any questions, they can then get back to you. Have a great day. Well, thanks to the gang. Um, as usual, a good range of stuff and, and really interesting concepts covered on our blog. You can find it by clicking blog on our website at 10goldenrules.com. Next up is our chat with Ray Costa and Sujay Javari. 
Ray and Sujay are close friends. Ray and I worked together at eDiets, and Ray almost single-handedly generated several million dollars revenue per year by building business development deals on top of our core diet business. Sujay is the former president of another online success story, beliefnet.com. We'll learn a lot more about that business in this conversation. Their company, Flatiron Media, are among the best in the world at developing clean, spam-free, in-house email newsletter lists for companies, and then generating tons and tons of revenue from those lists. It's a fascinating business model. It's quite unique in our space, and these guys are on the cutting edge of a very important part of our business. So without further ado, let's get into my friend Ray and Sujay from flatironmedia.com. So I'm here with Ray and Sujay, the two partners and principals with Flatiron Media, and I'll let you guys introduce yourself. Tell me a little bit about your personal background and how you came to be at Flatiron first, and and then uh, tell me a little bit about Flatiron. Okay, well, I'll start. Um, This is Ray Costa, uh, president of Flatiron. Basically, my background consists of media. Uh, Started in publishing, smashing trees and putting ink on them, otherwise known as uh, print publishing. Moved into dot-com with iVillage back in the late 90s and then uh, caught the internet bug and basically moved through a variety of positions with uh, media companies throughout uh, 97, 99 to 2007. Um, and when we met at ediets.com. Exactly. And I'll let Sujay introduce himself. Uh, yeah, Sujay Javeri. I started off in the finance world, actually, sort of early in the mid-90s, uh, the early days of the dot-com boom and, and making various investments in dot-com companies. And one of them was iVillage and joined them in 97 for three years. And after that, went to uh, BeliefNet, the spirituality site, for five years and ultimately ended up being president there. And then started uh, Flatiron Media with Ray a little over two years ago. And so the general online experience has been um, fiercely focused on women's media online. And basically, Flatiron Media, our our core focus is really a full-service revenue shop for online publishers. It takes a form of several different types of initiatives. Um, It can range anywhere from consulting in terms of business development or traffic driving initiatives to... Uh, frankly, a big component of our business is uh, straight-up ad sales representation where we're taking our clients' websites and monetizing them to like Kraft and uh, P&G and various uh, pharma clients as well as uh, direct marketing and direct response clients. So by monetizing websites, you guys basically sell banners, you sell links, you sell email business. We sell... Let me try and describe it, and then you you guys can make sense of it. What I love about your business is, uh, you know, we work with a lot of clients, and we coach them on how to capture email leads, how to capture opt-in customer or prospect information. You guys take take over when a customer has a large list. You help them build an incredibly large list, and then you help them monetize that list by creating a a customer newsletter and creating ads in those newsletters and and you guys sell those ads on behalf of the clients maybe you can broaden that and expand on that yeah i mean i think you know certainly for our clients where we're doing ad representation you know we have three different forms in which we monetize the site globally Uh, you know one is display ads on the site another is display ads in the content newsletters that they may offer 
And the third is standalone direct list rentals against that list who have opted in to receive that content. And I think you know, the way we differentiate ourselves from many other people is certainly within that last context on the email side. And a little history behind that is that you know, we, we, as the dot-com business came out of its bust, um, the cost of distribution effectively started getting much, much higher. And what that inevitably meant was that for B2C publishers looking to generate ad revenue, it became much more difficult for them to acquire customers or traffic cost effectively. You know, if you're paying a click on a cost-per-click basis with Google or buying banners everywhere else, it just didn't really work out for you on a, on a return on investment basis. And, you know, Ray and I have worked in different models relating to that, but the one model we found that made a lot of sense uh, was the email newsletter model, where content brands offered content newsletters, uh, online publishers rather, offered content newsletters to their subscribers and used that as a substantial uh, form of their distribution and their marketing and a way to sort of really build the list. Now, many, many sites out there basically have content newsletters as a, as a sort of uh, a relationship mechanism with the consumers, but very few go out and proactively spend money to build that list. And that's really the key to where we found that scalability for a lot of online publishers. And so the quick description of that is someone opts in to receive a content newsletter. Along with that free service, they receive um, standalone list rental offers from that publisher and not from anyone else. Um, and in return, uh, traffic would be driven to the site, uh, as well as those names being profitable in a very short period of time. And you know, for a, a couple of the companies we work with, uh, my old company, BeliefNet, and some of our other clients, like, uh, like LifeScript, have basically built media businesses off the backs of acquiring names of people who opt in and want to receive content from those assets. And, and um, we basically believe that that's still a very untapped strategy for many publishers of content online uh, and even with an increasingly difficult email delivery environment is still a very lucrative and profitable way to drive large amounts of customers to your site. BeliefNet, I love the model. Um, LifeScript has a, a, a health and wellness newsletter. What's, it, what's in those newsletters? Typically, it's it, newsletter communication for a consumer has to be fairly concise and interesting you know, integral to their day. It can't be a very uh, deep or involved piece of content. Frankly, what consumers are looking for is something that is um, uh, much more concise, uh, much more targeted to the uh, publisher they're dealing with, and really... So what, what do they get from BeliefNet? BeliefNet would be anything of 20 different pieces of content, depending on what they opt in for. So it can be anything from a daily Torah reading to a daily Bible reading, to uh, a Buddhist wisdom, to inspiration quote of the day. But it's going to be very, very um, targeted to their interest, and it's going to be very concise. It's not going to be immense amounts of content. It's going to be something light, something they can digest pretty quickly, something that will uh, allow them to come back to the site to read more. So the, I love the model because it's ingenious in its simplicity, but obviously the, it's complex in the delivery. And, and essentially someone opts in to receive the Bible reading or Torah reading of the day. Um, and now millions of people have, have done that. They've said, hey, yeah, please send me a Bible reading every day. And then there's ads in those newsletters. They're e-newsletters. And you guys sell the ads and help them monetize that list by emailing that list with offers from the advertiser, correct? 
that's correct. And, you know, as, as Ray said, it's, it's bite-sized, pithy content for a consumer to receive in their email content, email inbox every day, um, go through to the site and just read it and then get on with their business. And it's that type of low involvement, high interaction that, re- that continues a relationship with the consumer that, frankly, goes beyond requiring the consumer to come back to the site on their own, of their own volition on a frequent basis. So the business model is very, very, very straightforward. If you get someone to sign up for a newsletter, you know, it can cost you X. Um, they open that newsletter and it generates ad impressions. They click on the newsletter to drive uh, to the site to read the rest of the content of the newsletter. That drives additional ad impressions. And then they also receive standalone list rentals in their inbox, and that drives additional revenue. And so you know, the model that we've been able to work out over the last few years has essentially been that you, know, you spend X, and you're able to generate anywhere from 2 to 4x over a period of 2 to 4 months. And as far as we can tell, it's one of the more cost-effective, scalable distribution models you can find online. And scale, obviously, is an important piece of this because, you know, if you're able to acquire 20,000 names a month, that kind of doesn't mean a whole lot for your business. But we are able to pick up, you know, a million, a million and a half names of people saying, yes, I want to receive them. Now, as Jay was saying, you know, one of the things that leads to is the concept of email delivery. Um, as the email marketplace has become much, much tighter over the last few years and that kind of free-for-all wild west that was in place a few years back is going away with ISPs and different reporting organizations getting more stringent with better technologies to prevent spammers. Uh, we've actually found that at the same time it's become more difficult to get pe- into people's inboxes. The flip side of it is those nefarious individuals who are inappropriately acting um, and not respecting consumer permissions are being weeded out of the market. And so as a result, if you are able to work your way into the delivery environment and get yourself into the inbox, which does require a fair, num- fair amount of intellectual know-how and techniques and experience that we can talk in more detail about, uh, but if you're able to do that, uh, then you really have a leg up and a, and a significant barrier to entry to other people trying to get into this category. And suddenly you have a lot of traffic that you otherwise would have had a very, very hard time trying to generate. Excellent. So what are some of the leading um, strategies and tactics today that are helping get into the mailbox? How do you keep a list clean? How do you, how do you deliver the mail? I mean, email, it, it's so hard to get mail through, especially the big ISPs. Yeah, I mean, you know, frankly, we could do this for um, a couple of hours having this conversation. But I think the key piece here is really, frankly, um, being very respectful of of consumer requests. I mean, if a consumer does not want to receive an email from you, get that consumer off the list. And that is the first and foremost rule of of email marketing is, is that it is no benefit to you. Uh, to just beef up the numbers for the sake of beefing up the numbers. So, you know, underneath that, there's obviously a lot more detail. Um, How are you managing the acquisition of the list? How do you scrub the names for names that are invalid or names that no longer exist? How are you offering unsubscribe techniques? Uh, It's not just enough to provide one link in a newsletter. You know, CanSpam requires three different ways for you to be able to unsubscribe. You must provide those and, in fact, go further than that. Provide additional ways for the consumer to be able to unsubscribe. Make it easy for them to get out. And I think one of the other key things on the delivery side, and, and, and again, as I said, we could go on forever about this, is certainly the notion that the, the consumer needs to know where the email is coming from. Too many times in my email inbox, I get marketing messages from people that have a from line that I have no relation to. I have no understanding of where it came from. But the rule we've put in place for our publishers and all of our partners, and, and, and we've been consistent on this for quite a few years now, is that... The from line must include the brand name of the publisher that has that relationship with the consumer. 
and that the publishers we work with do not rent the names out to third-party data partners who basically hit the list frequently on a daily basis just to try to monetize it. And when you're able to respect the list in that form, and again, there are a lot of other things in terms of being certified by SenderScore, working with Habeas, having feedback loops set up with all the different ISPs. You know, these are all things you have to do on the, on the infrastructure side. Um, the key critical piece is a consumer permission and basically not renting your list out to a whole bunch of data partners. And over time, those models are going to be squeezed in terms of the renting data partner piece. And our view is it's a relationship with the brand and the consumer, and that's the way to maximize the monetization of it. What's working these days in acquiring new names? Um, well, okay. So uh, we, we said a little bit before that scale was not really an issue in terms of building list up. And a lot of that has, has been a result of the lead gen networks that are out there um, that you can work with to put your offer into their funnels and basically uh, acquire a lot of email addresses. Some of those models are starting to get squeezed, especially if you look at the investigation going on right now against web clients, and some of the marketing practices that happen there have been starting to... Those are, we're talking about like the free, get a free iPod. Get, get a, a free iPod. Get a free laptop. I mean, um, there are, and there are, as people went through those funnels, they had to put their name in like 14 different times, well, 14 different ways. Actually, the, the get a free piece was really, in some cases, very misleading which is really what's drawing the attention of some states' attorney general. So it's, it's important to have an understanding of the landscape of this. Uh, as an example, you know, um, NewTek and ValueClick and a couple of other players in the space are getting a lot of attention now from some um, pretty significant authorities in terms of how they're attracting consumer attention. And as a marketer, you just need to know where your offer is being put out. And frankly, um, it can vary not only by the source, but how broadly the source you work with distributes your offer. So you really don't want to do this in a blind fashion. You don't want to do this in sort of, okay, I've got an offer. Who's going to give me the cheapest rate? Because that can very quickly shut down all capability to email. And one of the things, you know, we, we noticed as well was uh, as these free iPod offers and, and, and free iPhone at this point that they're sort of pitching out there, um, initially when we started using them, there was a perception that because it was incentivized in a way that the quality of those consumers as it relates to generating ad revenue, that the quality of those consumers would be lower than your average person. Well, at the time, it wasn't true. I mean, these are consumers just like everyone else. You could, you could acquire a lot of names that reacted and or responded just as uh, frequently as people you acquired off other channels that were not incentivized. But now those channels have actually deteriorated in value substantially. Mostly, I, I think you know my experience as a consumer, yeah. and, and and also from the business side is, you know, we all check that offer out once, and you make the mistake a few times. You, you either sign up for a free for for a mortgage deal or you know some some offer that seems too good to be true, or the free iPod, the free iPhone, and you realize very quickly that you've just created a, a you know either permission or spam situation for yourself. Right. And, and certainly consumer fatigue is part of the deterioration in the ROI using these yeah. channels. So what's working today? If, if that's, yeah. you know, if that, if that's not working as well, what's, what's hot? Well, on the lead gen side, in terms of acquiring high quality names, it's finding reg paths that don't use the incentivized funnel channel. And so it's working with companies that power other companies' registration paths. So like a weather.com asks you to sign up um, and go through a reg path. If you're in there, you're going to get a high-quality name. A lot of companies that give you another reason to sign up for their service and become a member and in, as part of that registration process 
uh, you're offered an uh, opportunity to sign up for these other offers, that's where you get the best quality names. It, the reason is no longer I want a free iPod. The reason is I want a service from weather.com. I want a service from such and such site. Uh, those channels are available out there, but as Ray was saying, uh, the key is when you're buying from the lead gen networks uh, to know where your offer is being placed or at least be assured that it's not being placed in incentivized funds. And I will, at the risk of being redundant on this, I can't emphasize this enough because there is so much um, redundancy in the marketplace and so many middlemen. You can place your dollars with uh, agency A who can then broker out your offer to almost anyone. If you don't have visibility on where this is going or some trust on uh, the person that's placing this for you, you can really find yourself in some very questionable places. It's a, it's a very fragmented and very diverse marketplace. Now, the Flatiron guys don't just talk the talk. They, uh, they walk it, too. <laughs> and uh, they've created their own product. And um, what the brand, one, one of the brands that I know about is called ChooseYourDiet.com. Yeah, that's right. I mean, one of the things we decided to do is, you know, Ray and I have all of this experience in women's media online. And we're providing consulting services, enabling other companies to be able to... Uh, maximize and monetize their assets. Well, why not use the same advice and do it for ourselves? And so we are building a series of sites that we will aggregate under um, a new brand that will, will, will be featured shortly. Um, but Choose Your Diet was sort of our first test into that, into that world, which is essentially a site that has hundreds of diet reviews and diet tips, has a daily diet tip newsletter, uh, and basically we've been proving out our own model on our own assets. And uh, that site will become a channel in a much larger, uh, more feature-friendly um, site that we'll be launching later in the fourth quarter. And, and, and clearly, we hope that to be a, a huge success. <laughs> it, the site looks great. I was on there this week, and you've done a really nice job. It looks um, you know, very built out, and, and certainly there's, there's a lot of work going to work really well for you guys. Um, the, the last question I'll ask you is, is more of a personal thing. Um, and I ask this on all my interviews. What are you guys using uh, for business and personal efficiency online? Are you using any uh, Web 2.0 sites? Are you LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter? Um, you know, what's your social media of choice for personal or business productivity? Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, I've used LinkedIn. I continue to use LinkedIn, and it's interesting to see more and more people use that service. Uh, we've certainly used that to try to go out and, and, and find people for open positions we have. It's just a nice networking tool. Um, and the other one I frankly use is Facebook because to me it, it, it feels like a little bit more grown-up version of MySpace. And, um, and, you know, there's this interesting dialogue going on Facebook about letting your worlds collide, your personal and professional worlds. And, frankly, I just gave up the ghost and let them all collide. And, and uh, I've been reconnecting with a lot of people, both business and yeah, personal. Isn't that a really neat feature? It is. It uh, is. It, I mean, I've been finding people from my hometown, from my yeah. high school, university. and so, oh, yeah. Yeah. More power to Facebook. They're doing a good job. So I would mirror the comment. It's really LinkedIn and Facebook. Yeah, LinkedIn more professional-wise and then certainly Facebook both professional and personal. Great. Um, you know, what, one of the areas that I know has been a, a challenge for you guys and a challenge for us is finding great people. Um, where, can they, where can people find you if, if they're interested in business or if they, um, you know, particularly I know ad sales in New York City would be a, a, a job opening opportunity. Um, 
you guys want to talk a little bit about that and, well, and where to find you guys? Well, you know, again, you know, 25 million uniques in our, in our network at the moment, in our portfolio of sites, clearly, uh, I don't know, two to three billion ad impressions a month. Yeah, we could use some salespeople. Flatironmedia.com. Salespeople. Yeah. <laughs> looking for, looking for salespeople. Yes. You're going to make lots of money. Yeah. <laughs> so. Thanks, guys. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Thank Jay. you, Jay. A big thank you to Ray and Sujay from uh, Flatiron Media. As you see, really colorful guys and really know how to make money with your in-house customer newsletter list. Um, okay, next up is a section we call Live from the Blog. Uh, sorry, sorry um, the blog or podcast of the week. I'm just trying to find my notes on the song we're going to talk about. And a couple weeks ago, I had to drive up to Orlando from the 10 Golden Rules head office in sunny South Florida. And I took my iPod with me. I loaded a bunch of fresh new podcasts on. I was hanging out with Brian Person from Newcom Road as he explained how to use Google Reader. And Sean and Lisa, who spoke to my friend Mike Allen from ShoppingBargains.com on their podcast called That Affiliate Thing. I listened to Ameri American Copywriter. Great to hear the boys back from a long summer hiatus. American Copywriter breaks down what's happening in the advertising agency community. And um, I know it's kind of weird, but I actually listened to each 10 Golden Rules podcast at least once just to learn how to set the volume levels and how to transition from section to section. And it, it sounds like some weird ego thing, and maybe it is. And then I switched over to Mitch Joel's new podcast. It's called Forward Thinking, and Mitch interviews authors of business and motivational books. And he interviewed John Wood, who wrote a book called Leaving Microsoft to Save the World. This unbelievable individual quit his job at Microsoft to build libraries in developing countries all around the world. He got a number of fundraisers involved, and he built communities. There's over a thousand different um, associations who are helping him raise money for these libraries all around the world. The incredible stat on the interview was that they now build a new library every six hours through this incredible association that John Wood has built. So a huge congratulations to John and to Mitch for, for just a, an absolutely great story. Now, here's where it comes back around. Well, first of all, forwardthinking.com is spelt like the forward to a book, F-O-R-E-W-O-R-D, thinking.com. Now, here's where it comes back around. To tie into the song of the week, on Mitch's original podcast called The Six Pixels of Separation, C.C. Chapman, another famous podcaster, sends in a song of the week every week. It's called The Six Pounds of Sound. And CC featured a band called 1,000 Miles From Home and a song called The Man. All of the music that we play, or almost all of the music we play, is available on the Podsafe Music Network, which is a network that enables podcasters such as myself to play really great new music from bands who typically don't have a recording contract. Now this song, called The Man, is the hard rock edge that I wish Chris Daughtry had. For those of you who followed American Idol this past, or, or I guess two seasons ago, Daughtry was the third guy, uh, the third guy left standing on American Idol, and he was sort of the rock and roll guy. You know how everyone has their their sort of techniques on the show, and I wish Daughtry's album had the kind of edge that A Thousand Miles from Home have, and they really sound like him. They remind me of him, and who knows, you know, Chris's next album 
hopefully we'll have a little bit more edge. Uh, this one was probably uh, really playing to the charts, and, and man, what, what a success he, he had. So anyways, enough about the song. Let's play it. Have a great week, everybody. I hope to see you at PodCamp Boston. And here's A Thousand Miles From Home with a song called The Man.